When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's being talked about and talked about and talked about on the like of this program, the health service waiting list. Let me speak to Lisa Smith from the Belfast Telegraph. Uh, Lisa, good morning. Good morning. After all the figures that we've been hearing during the run of this week, is, is anything being done? Can we see any light going into the first days of winter this year? Not really, to be honest. I think it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. The Permanent Secretary of Health, Richard Kelly, has said he needs one pounds to tackle this and that's not coming anytime soon. So I think I'll just interrupt you there, Lisa, because you did, you did, you did break up on me. Just start that again, Lisa. Oh, right. Sorry. I'm just saying um, I don't think things are going to get any better anytime soon. Um, Richard Pengelly, who is the uh, permanent secretary for the Department of Health, has said he needs one billion pounds to tackle the waiting list situation, and that's not going to be coming anytime soon. So people are going to have to brace themselves, I think, for this situation to just get worse. And the people who are waiting for the hip replacements, the people who are waiting for what, what would be seen by some as not absolutely essential, but if you're going through the pain and the agony of it and you've got a two and a half year wait, are they just sitting in the depths of despair at present? Well, I think there's an increasing number of people who are actually paying for the procedures. Um, You know, I don't think it's entirely accurate to say that these um, kind of procedures aren't necessary. People are unable to work. People are unable to drive. People are unable to do ordinary, everyday activities. Um, You know, and and I was speaking to uh, Dr. George O'Neill about a waiting list story last week, and, and he made a very, you know, good point that the waiting lists are actually going to have impact on, on families for generations to come because if, if, if a parent is unable to work, you know, that can put the family into poverty and that can have all sorts of impacts on that family then for years to come. It's 11 and a half grand for a hip replacement. I was talking to a person yesterday whose aunt is going to Lithuania to get it done. How does that work? Well... <laughs> You mean you have to you have to find the money yourself. Um, the, the thing is, people people are, are willing to do that now. And, and you said earlier, you said but is there not the some way? I got the impression from her that there was some way of claiming back the money that if you go through the system and you're prepared to cross border 
to, to, to do it, that the NHS will allow you to claim the money back. I'm not, I'm not totally familiar with it, but... Um, I, I, I have to admit, I'm not, entirely, I'm not entirely familiar with that system myself either. Yeah. But I, I, I certainly didn't get the impression it was going to cost her 11 and a half grand. It would if she was staying at home and paying uh, privately to get it done. Yes, but I don't think, I mean, I don't think that's a fix-all either, because then we would have, you know, tens of thousands of to Lithuania. And, and just another point as well, you said about t- two and a half years. Two and a half years, it doesn't even come close to it because a lot of people now are waiting four years, five years for their first outpatient appointment. And you don't forget, that's just your outpatient appointment. That's just to put you in front of a consultant for the first time. You then go on to a new waiting list for, for a diagnostic test if they feel that that's required. And then if, if need you know, if you need a procedure beyond that, you go on to a fresh waiting list. So there are people waiting possibly, you know, six, seven, eight years for yeah. a procedure. Yeah, I don't mean to be flippant about this, but if you have a bit of a history of bad hips in the family, you'd be safer getting on to the waiting list before you take bad, wouldn't you? <laughs> Well, I suppose so. I mean, there are consultants now and surgeons now who are saying that there are people going on to waiting lists who will actually never get seen because their condition isn't considered serious enough. They're always going to be bumped by other people who are put onto the waiting list who are more serious. And that's a sad reality. And I think that's why we're seeing more people going to the likes of Kingsbridge and the Ulster Independent Clinic and paying. These aren't these aren't people. I mean, Mark Reagan, who's the chief executive at Kingsbridge, has has said that um, these aren't people who have health insurance. These are people who are actually using their savings or finding the money in some way and paying for it themselves simply because they just can't with the pain or the discomfort or the effects of the condition any longer. And Lisa, this is the time when the politicians are on our doorstep, okay? Not for the Assembly because we can't get them back to the Assembly, but they are and their representatives are coming with their smiles on their faces and their leaflets and their chuckles and most of us don't have the courage to ask them a hard question because you don't want to be bothered talking to them. You're eating your dinner. So you say, ah, thank you, thank you, thank you and you close the door and away you go and you put it in the blue bin and you sit back down to uh, your fish and chips. So uh, maybe we do need to confront politicians and their representatives and say to them that we need to be governed here. Yeah, I'm not sure I completely understand. There almost seems to be a bit of apathy or a bit of acceptance by the public that these waiting lists have almost become the norm. I mean, I don't know of anyone who raises an eyebrow anymore if they're told they're going two years for a first outpatient appointment. When you look at the likes of England or Wales, I mean, that would be headline news all over the place if that was the case. Um, Nothing is going to change. Well, very little is going to change without an assembly. Um, We need more funding. We need a radical overhaul of how the health services run. And while there is work going on in the background, um, it's not going to be achieved without an assembly or without Westminster stepping in, which is what some people are calling for now. Well, I remember I took over this programme when the health minister was Mr. Majimsey. That's a brave while ago. And it, it was a crisis then and it's just got worse. 
and worse and worse. Oh, it's it's so depressing. It really is, and it's even more depressing for me, Lisa, because you're young. I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll soon be looking for, you know, the, these lists to see how far down them I am. You know, there's a spring in your step, a smile on your face because you are but a child. But uh, I don't it. <laughs> <laughs> time will catch up with us all. Uh, let's hope we can get a better service and a better system considering the amount of tax that we pay. Um, Lisa, thanks for speaking to us. Thank you. Thank you. No problem at all. Take care. This has been discussed and debated so many times. It, and we do, we, we become punch drunk with it. And that's the point that Lisa's making about we aren't confronting the politicians. We've almost accepted, you know, we, we can't do health. We're just useless at it. Um, we're, we're pathetic. We, we have a government who've allowed it to just crumble. They can't do it. We can't do it. The system can't do it. And then you worry, you worry about the entire future of the NHS. You, you wonder why you're paying what you're paying into it when you're not going to get anything out of it whenever the crisis comes. And then you think about, go privately, get health insurance. You look at that and you think, Jesus, I'm not covered for A, B, C and D, but I am for the other couple of things. And hopefully one of those will come up. But that's going to cost me, you know, £100 a month. And then you worry about it so much you get sick.